Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers! Start your engines! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect. When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits radio program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing and preview next week. Joining me in the studio this week are Mr. Gray Warren, Mr. Seth Eggert, Mr. Richard Uden. Fellas, how we doing tonight? Terrific. Good, yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great because... Uh, I'm a big IndyCar guy, and we had a big IndyCar race that was a really fantastic event um, at Gateway um, or Worldwide Technology Speedway, as it's known this this day and age. Um, Takuma Sato took home the win after being vilified in the press after the events at Pocono. Um, in other news, uh, the NASCAR, uh, the Cup Series had the week off, but the, uh, the trucks were up in Canada. Uh, Brett Moffitt took the win out there at the Canadian... Uh, Tire Park, and uh, Christopher Bell took the uh, Xfinity win at Road America. So, two great road courses for the Junior Series in NASCAR, and uh, a very exciting oval race for the IndyCar Series. So, let's talk about the Gateway uh, race for IndyCar. Um, this event, the first year they had it, it was very successful, and it's only grown. It's only grown from there. They had, matter of fact, sold out most of the grandstands available for seating, Opened up turn one, sold an, another 11,000 tickets, um, uh, essentially to a, a corporate uh, corporation looking to buy 11,000 corporate tickets, which was, you know, it's all good and well. I mean, the, 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 you know, that put 11,000 more people in the stands. Uh, so, at, you know, as this race gets underway, uh, it's under the lights. It's very exciting. Um the, the same characters from the, uh, the initial Pocono wreck being Sato, Hunter Ray, Rossi, almost get bottled up um, first turn of this race. Uh, everyone gets away cleanly, uh, and the race goes on. Penske cars are, are solid up front. Um, Santino Ferrucci leads the most laps on the day. Uh, and here's a kid who we've talked about, you know, time and again uh, on the air. Um our, our colleague Joey, who's not here with us tonight, is not quite sold on uh, Santino as we talked about last week. 
But man, the kid looked really good this week. Worked his way through the front. Um, Sebastian Bourdais, his Dale Coyne teammate, also running right there at the front. Looked like we might may actually end up with a uh, Dale Coyne one two for a while until um, you know, Sebastian had a little problem, got up a little high in the marbles, hit the wall, ended his day early. Uh, Santino remained strong. A caution at the, uh, the through the pit stops there um, allowed. Takuma Sato, Ed Carpenter, Tony Kanon, who hadn't pitted yet, uh, up to the front. And uh, we kind of ended that way with those guys up front. Now, for Takuma, um, he had a fast car all night. You can't say the whole thing was uh, based on, you know, luck or strategy. Uh, but the strategy was correct, and the luck was fell his way. Um, and it, it's so interesting. Richard, you and I were talking. The, um, you know, on a road course, if you... If the, if the caution comes out after the other guys have pitted, you, you go straight to the back. On a short oval like this, uh, you know, just a little tick over a mile, 1.25 miles. If the other guys have pitted and then the caution comes out, you're in the catbird seat because those guys are now lapped down. And you're pitting under yellow and you go right back to the front. And that benefited Takuma, Tony, Ed. So uh, good job to all of them. Rossi, <laughs> who's looking to win a championship, had the strategy all wrong. He, he stayed out uh, on an earlier caution, trying to stretch the fuel. Turned out to be the absolute worst decision of the weekend. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he ended up mired back in the field, lapped down towards the end. He, he couldn't stretch the fuel, had to make a late pit stop. Um, Newgarden looking to capitalize, uh, you know, and uh, Simon Pagano was ahead of Newgarden. He's looking to gain some spots. Um, towards the, right at the right on the last lap, there we had a Santino Santino Ferrucci get a little high up into the marbles and come back into the racing line right in front of Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Newgarden goes down, hits the curb, spins, loses eight spots on the last lap, um, but he still gains points in the championship. Uh, you know, this is one of the luckiest guys in the world. Uh, but uh, the long and short of it is. Uh, Pagano leaps, leapfrogs over Rossi for second spot in the championship, and Joseph extends his lead. Now, uh, Richard Gray, Seth, did any of you guys get a chance to watch this race? Because it was a really, it was a really good show. Yeah, it was a good sure. show. It's uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting how it's sort of picking up. You know, the, you know, this is the, the second, third year they've had that race there now. Third. Third, yeah. It's, it seems to be one of those events that's going from strength to strength, you know, and this, the whole city in a way sort of, you know, being a bit rejuvenated, isn't it? You know, they lost the uh, the Rams a few years ago, but they've just signed, uh, you know, an MLS contract and they're, uh, you know, they're really sort of starting to pick up with their, uh, you know, the IndyCar program. Uh, and, so, the, and, and the Cardinals are in first place. Yeah, exactly. So they're, uh, no, it, it's great. Uh, I'm really... Uh, you know, please, it's a beautiful city. If you get a chance to go over there, it's uh, it's a great place to, to, to visit. And uh, it's great that the, the racing's so good around that little, unique little circuit there. And, you know, the that, that auto group, the Bomberito Auto Group, has really gotten behind it. And that always helps when you have strong a strong sponsor uh, that, that will underwrite the event and help with it. And, and you know, when, when they can do that and it gets to... You know, it helps with marketing, 
helps to track with marketing and marketing in the area. And when you can do that, you get you you know you got the race out front of, in front of people, and you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get a good uh, a, a good uh, gate, you know. Yeah, and on top of that, the, um, the the rest of the city has kind of gathered around this event. They had on Thursday night they had a IndyCar night at the, uh, the at the Bush Stadium, the ballpark for the Cardinals. Uh, they they had several show cars out there. They had a little IndyCar fan fest, and then they had Joseph Newgarden throw out the first pitch for the game. On top yeah. of that, they had the um, the hockey players from the St. Louis Blues who have just won a Stanley Cup. They're at mm-hmm. the race with the Stanley Cup, and it, I mean, there's so much really nice cross promotion in there. And when, right, you, exactly. when you see that after after three years, the crowd has grown rather than waned off and you know oddly enough if you if you look at the quality of racing it's it is processional at times during the middle portions of this race but they have gotten lucky i don't want to say lucky but each race has had a pretty exciting finish when you go back to the first one where you know new garden came down low almost into the grass to, to nip simon at the end and then then this race here with sada winning they they've they've really been blessed i guess with uh yeah. an awesome race um and so you know a lot of the talk now is like why don't we make this our finale yeah you know you, you go back and think you know that they, they've got a textbook for for marketing and putting on the race and they've got the community involved in it they've got uh, whoever whoever is the group that does it is is spot on knows what they're doing and other tracks like Phoenix should, and some of these other tracks should take note of what they're doing. NASCAR some, in general. Yeah, well, some you know mm. just going out and 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 promoting the race. You've got to promote it and get out front. You know, you know, you can't leave it up to IndyCar to do it. IndyCar's not going to do it. The yeah. only the only other track that I can think of that compares with. What Gateway has done with its rejuvenation in recent years, I would almost have to go and point at Darlington Raceway. Yeah. Absolutely, especially, especially with oh, the yeah, yeah. weekend. And yeah, and it shows it. Tur- it shows it. The turnstiles. Darlington will be almost at capacity and has been since they went with this the the uh, throwback weekends over the last uh, several years. You know, they've had sold. You know, there's not hardly any many empty seats you can spot from TV. Uh, and and a couple of races in that in that period have been sold have been sellouts. So yeah, you're you're right, Seth. They they have done a good job and they promote it. You see something I, on my social media. I see something promoting Darlington every day and have for the last six or eight weeks. Same here. That's something that uh, Chip Weil, who was the president at yep. the time, he yep. pitched. And he went personally to each and every single team, he did. each and every stakeholder, with a PowerPoint presentation showing this is how we plan on doing this. This is what we want to do. The first team to agree to do it was Stuart Haas Racing. The next team he went to was Hendrick Motorsports. And he said, by the way, Stuart Haas already agreed to this. Yeah. When he came to RC, I remember when he came to RCR, and and Chip Weil and I go back a long way. Chip Weil was was uh, was on the marketing staff at Bill Davis Racing many 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 years ago, 
So yeah, that's when he when he got his start right out of college. He got a job at Bill Davis and was and was working on the uh, marketing staff there. So uh, and PR staff. So yeah, he, I've watched him uh, climb the ranks and he's he's done a good job. Did a great job at Darlington and that kind of got him the the gig at Daytona that he that he has now. So yeah, uh, Chip understands it knows knows what you've got to do. You've got to get out in front of things and you've got to go that extra mile. You can't, you can't rest on your laurels. You can't, uh, you got to get a lot of people involved in it, you know, and, and push it, push it day in and day out and it'll go. I just think that, that so many things now that they just fall short, uh, supporting these things. I mean, we can go back and look at California. I think California, the IndyCar didn't do a, good job out there marketing that and you can go with the group that owns you know auto club speedway and and indycar together uh you know you just you got to get out in front of it uh and, and phoenix too phoenix was a failure simply i think because it wasn't uh it wasn't marketed right you know sometimes i wonder when these indycar races fail um uh, some of the ones that fail and Pocono is going to be the next one to fail because it's pretty likely that when the schedule is released later in the week, it's going to be Richmond on, Pocono off. But these these tracks that have failed have an existing NASCAR date, a cup date. Um, Gateway is kind of all of them. Not all of them, but Phoenix does for sure, you know, and California does for sure. Vegas does for sure. But um, Gateway is, is, in a sense, they're auditioning for a cup date. They they'd like mm-hmm. to see that, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I, I mean so but I wonder if it's like once they get the cup date, will like uh, IndyCar become okay? Well, we don't need you anymore because we well, saw no, we saw I that exact that. scenario play out of Kentucky. I think if they keep the same group that really pushes that, that that's got you know obviously this this group that that is doing this thing at, at, at Gateway has a passion for IndyCar racing. And I think they'll continue to do it. Um, NASCAR is not going to bring their premier series there. I, I can to Gateway. I I, I don't see it. Um, not it, can, not until maybe 2021 or 2022. Right. Anyway. I I don't I don't you know they they could I don't know I I know they'll always do their uh, the trucks and the and the uh, Xfinity cars are always on the always their first bargaining chip. When they when they try to do something like this, but you know, looking looking at Mid Ohio, um, two things here. Mid Ohio has great crowds for IndyCar. Has had every year, have, haven't they, Frank? Is oh it, yeah, yeah, Mid-Ohio? yes, they have. Yeah, and then, then they have they have an Xfinity weekend. You know, one weekend removed from the from the from the from the, from the, um, the IndyCar race, and well, both know, of them draw it, decent crowds. Right, and I tell you, the the Xfinity race at Mid Ohio is one of the best of the year. I, I always think it's terrific. That's a that's a great course. Mid Ohio is yeah. uh, Road America as well. Yeah, Road America. I, oh, I for like sure. Mid, yeah, I, I like Mid Ohio better than Road America. I just I just uh, Road America is a little bit 
too long-winded for me. You know, was it 14 turns, four miles? It's a good Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Good racetrack, don't get me wrong, and I enjoy watching it. But I just think, I think mid, uh, you, mid Ohio is so much action. It's, uh, you know, you got the tight corners, the cars seem to run on top of one another, and they don't, you know, they don't get that long legged break like they do at, uh, at, at uh, Road America, you know, for longer straightaways. They can, you know, guys can get away. It seems like it's, uh, the, the mid Ohio can be pretty doggone, uh, a good lap after lap, you know, when you get all the leaders up there battling, but, but, you know, that, that, that goes to, to, to mid America's love for IndyCar. It seems like the, 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 the mid America tracks have, and, and that's, that's IndyCar's wheelhouse. Would you agree, Frank? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why there are a lot of folks who are pushing for, why don't we make, you know, Gateway be the season finale. It's right there in the middle of IndyCar country. It's right there in the heartland of America. Uh, you know, it's not too many hours from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where it's where the bulk of the the bulk of the, the rabid fans exist. Uh, so, you know, and why are we out here in wine country? Um, you know, for for a race that's drawing you know, significantly fewer fans mm-hmm. other than the fact that the, the corporate hospitality out there is pretty nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, why not end the series at Gateway? End it on an oval. Uh, you know, we're, we're losing ovals left and right, and here's an oval that, that puts on a great race and draws a good crowd. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's the thought there. So One more thing before we, before we get – off IndyCar and, and, and this and this thing that we're on here. Now. Oh, I'm not ready to get off IndyCar yet. I got a couple of things more things I want to go over, but, but you go right Homestead. ahead. I, I, I can't I couldn't can't understand why Homestead uh, went away. I always thought Homestead was a was was a good track for IndyCar. I know uh, I don't know what the what the problem was there. You would think that. Uh, uh, when you when you talk homestead, you get down in the in the Miami area. You think uh, since since IndyCar has a, 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 a more of an international uh, uh, flavor to it because of the drivers, and, and and Miami being more more an international type city, that you would think that that uh, the two together would would spell success. You would, yeah. I, again, that's one that baffles me. Why are we not in you know, in the Miami area, you know, the St. Petersburg race draws quite well, but that's that's hours from Miami. So, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and but, they used to put on a good show at Homestead, uh, even you know before and after they reconfigured the track. So, but but I, I, I want to be terrific now. 
Oh, it certainly would, yeah. But I want to get back to the gateway race for a second and um, just throw this odd bit of information out. So Scott Dixon had some problems in the race. Scott Dixon, who was the get hope for the championship, but he had a piece of debris pierce his radiator, and they determined that this piece of debris was left over from a NASCAR K&N K car whose engine had blown. And, and I'm thinking, my gosh, have we not cleaned the track that well between, you know, the, the, the warm-up act and, and the if headliner? If I may. You go right ahead because I, I know you probably know more than me. Uh, there was a NASCAR k race uh, as part of the weekend. Right, it was, but it was short, the day before. It, no, it was the day of. Okay, all right. It it actually had to get shortened time-wise and lap-wise because they're running up on uh, the IndyCar race itself. So they, it first got shortened from 125 laps to 98 laps. There were two engine failures in the race, one on the 10th lap of the race and one on the 27th lap of the race. So they were fairly early in that race. So there's no reason why whether it was NASCAR or IndyCar officials should have missed something on the track, considering it was only a couple of hours before the race. Exactly. And, I, again, I don't know how big this piece of debris was. It could have been just a very small piece of could debris. Could have been a ball. Could have been a ball. But either way, they somehow determined it, 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 it was left over from a K&N engine explosion. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. That That's neither here nor there. But it certainly put a damper on Scott Dixon's championship hopes he he tried to get back in the race got back in for a while but the radiator was just losing water um at an alarming rate so there was no way he could stay in so um speaking of speaking of that though uh they also had a problem prior to qualifying in the indycar race when one of the old uh uh indy roadsters that they had there uh you know doing parade laps around the track i think they had some of the uh some of the old uh 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 yeah, they had some vintage cars out they there. They had some vintage Indy cars yep. there, and one of them had a, one of them oiled the track down prior to qualifying. And the first car that went out, I forget who it was. I watched Connor it Daly. TV. Connor yeah, Daly, he, yeah. Yeah, he got he 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 it kind of messed his lap up because uh, he got down in the speedy dry and, and washed up the racetrack. But I just thought I'd add that in too. Uh, yeah, but, let, but let's talk about happen, let's yeah. talk about Connor Daly for a moment though. He, I mean, here's a guy who's still hoping to find somebody to give him a full time home. He's got uh, he's picked up these couple of rides with Carlin uh, to fill in for Max Chilton on the ovals, uh, which is good for him, good experience for him. Um, but it, so he started close to the back of the pack, finished in the top five, and he ran ran up front most of the night. Um, in the Carlin car, while his teammate Charlie Kimball my, was mired towards the back, uh, so you know, so you got to wonder: is is you know, are Carlin's problems the drivers, or is Carlin's problem the car? Because um, it seemed like Connor Daly did a a really fine job making the the best. You know, you know, he was really competitive all night long in that car. That they're just saying, oh, the car is the problem. Uh, he actually finished sixth because they threw the yellow uh, for New Garden spin on the final corner. Right, right. But he was up there in the top five all night. Yes. So, I mean, that's – and we'll see we'll see Connor again at Laguna in an Andretti car. 
So that'll be neat to see. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Richard, our friend Takuma Sato, has gone from chump to champ within the, the, the series of a week. Uh, he, he now has exactly three more wins than his uh, teammate, Graham Rayel, does since joining the team. So, I mean, good stuff for Takuma. And we're going into Portland where Takuma won last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, Richard, I mean, what are your thoughts on Takuma going back to back? you feel like he can do it? Well, I mean, he's one of those guys that, unfortunately, consistency isn't his strong point. But given the, you know, as you saw earlier in the year, was it Barber this year where he dominated? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah, you he know, won, it, he won I mean, at Alabama, he, and he, he dominated at te- he dominated at Texas until he had the issue in the pits where he came in too hot and he hit the crew member. Uh, brain phase, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, typical Takuma, unfortunately. But you know, th- th- he's a guy that, given any, I mean, if he could string half a dozen races together in a year on that sort of pumps, he could be a championship contender. I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, yeah, there's no reason he can't go back to back. I thought he, you know. It was great, you know. You could argue he probably didn't deserve to win, um, you know, uh, at Gateway because he wasn't. He, he had a quick, uh, but wasn't the quickest. He got a little bit of luck with the uh, the flow of the cautions there. But you know, you got to get. I think he deserved it in a way after all the just complete disgraceful behaviour by the pundits and the media uh, from the Pocono event. So you know, good for him. Glad to see he bounced back and. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty tough character, and he's going to take it all on his chin. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really good to see him uh, get that win. Very pleased. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, the, a lot of people in the media wanted his head served up on oh, a platter, platter after poking him. I thought that was, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought some of the comments that were made, even during the broadcast of Pocono, were were kind of uncalled for. It's just not, it's not those guys' jobs to be stewards. You know, uh, the, call the race, say what you think, but but leave the you know, leave leave all the other stuff out of it. Just you know, just do the black and white portion of it, and you'll and you'll be fine. But I think uh, I think that was Takuma's uh, fifth career uh, IndyCar win. Uh, am I correct on that, uh, Frank? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He won at uh, one, one, one for AJ Foyt, uh, Long Beach in 2013. Won the Indy 500 for Andretti. Now he has three wins with uh, Ray Hall. So good for him, and you know he, he's he's a He's a solid veteran performer, and that's uh, you know that's, that's, that's what you can say. And I mean that's uh, that's pretty. He's he's he you know uh, represents himself well week in and week out. And speaking of veteran performers, we had one of the oldest podiums uh, at Gateway that we've seen in a while. Between you know Takuma being 42, uh, Tony Kanan pushing 44, and uh, Ed Carpenter who's 39. Um, all on the podium, so uh, you know, hats off to the old guys, you know. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, yep. you know, I mean, I mean, you know, your your Alexander Rossi's and Santina Ferrucci's and Joseph Newgarden's have their day, but sometimes, sometimes the old guys do too. So, we know Kanan was quick in practice. Kanan was quick in practice. Yeah, um, what were you saying, Richard? I've still got a chance, then. All those guys are older than me, so I can still, uh, you know, I've still got a time. <laughs> sure, no? yeah, it's no? fun to just fun okay. to dream, yeah. So, so yeah. we're we're off to Portland. <laughs> we're off to Portland next week, you know, and the, before we have a little break before the uh, season ends. So, uh, a lot at stake at Portland, you know. The the, champ, the championship battle is tight. I mean, Joseph has got a little breathing room, but not much. He's got Simon. Breathing up his neck. Rossi is Rossi is uh, fired up and ready to ready to go at it. So um, 
Seth, who do you like for a winner at Portland? <sighs> um, honestly, with the way things are going, it, it's basically coming up uh, one of several drivers, so I'll just go with Simon Pagino. Okay, and um, Gray, what do you think? Rossi. Rossi's got to rebound. He's got to keep his championship hopes alive, and I think uh, he knows it. His team knows it. I think they'll they're, uh, they're going to go in. They've been disappointed the last few weeks. Uh, got taken out early at Pocono. Didn't like the result at Gateway, so I think they're going in on a mission this week. All right. Now, Richard, what do you think? Uh, did, did, did Gray just call Ross, uh, Dixon there? No, Greg called Rossi. Okay, I'll call Dixon then. Might as well call Dixon. Yeah, that guy, that's another guy in a mission there who didn't like the results out of Gateway. Uh, me, I'm going to say somebody kind of uh, not in the championship fight is going to come to the front and uh, win this thing while the other guys are being a bit more conservative. I'm going to say Ryan Hunter Ray uh, takes, uh, takes a win at Portland, his mm-hmm. first win of the year. So um, that being said, before we move on to talking about the um, – the road course race for NASCAR. I do want to mention that um, Jesse Combs, who is the um, holder of the land speed record uh, for a female, um, lost her life trying to break her own record um, out in the desert in Oregon. Now, you know, for you folks that don't watch racing a lot, um, you may remember Jesse from her appearances on the uh, Mythbusters television show. Uh, she was on there, but, um, you know, not a lot of details coming out there other than that she was the lone fatality in there. But she's um, running this land speed car that is made largely from an airplane, airplane fuselage, um, you know, to tackle this land speed record. So um, very unfortunate that she lost her life in her quest to, to break her own record, which I believe was 398 miles an hour uh, overall with a top speed through at 440 miles an hour so uh, that's incredible speeds but uh, the racing world will miss you jc combs and uh our thoughts are with your uh, your friends your family and, and those that knew you well um now moving on to road america let's talk about christopher bell taking a nice road course win gray seth what you guys want to jump in on this well christopher bell can no longer say that he, uh, it's not good at road courses that was uh, his line of uh, basically attack prior to the weekend that he's not good on road courses. He's finished second, second, and first on road courses this year. I think he's gotten better at him than he's willing to. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think he's selling you a, a line of goods. Yeah, but uh, he and his teammate Max DiBandetto and AJ Allmendinger, they dominated the day. Uh, came down to a late race restart. AJ Allmendinger uh, on the restart, his he went to shift from second to third, and the car caught neutral for some reason, spun the tires. He ended up getting spun by Noah Gregson, then trying to work his way back through the field behind Austin Sindrick, got uh, turned around, ended up in an accident with uh, NASCAR Euro Series driver uh, Loris Hazemans and a few others. DiMandetto uh, had been up front prior to that uh, final caution, uh, a couple cautions earlier. He was in the lead came on the pit road, just like Jack Hawksworth in that 18 Gibbs car at Mid-Ohio. 
pit crew let him down. Uh, he went from first down to about eighth or ninth, had to work his way back up. Final corner, uh, DiBando, as he called it, made a rookie mistake, spun off track and into the tire barrier. All right, so good day for Chris Bell. How many races are we off for Xfinity to be in their playoffs? I believe we are three or four away now. Right, and the trucks are in their playoffs now, right? The, Correct. Uh, the, the Ray race at Canadian. The, the, Ray, uh, the race at Canadian Tire Park was the first race second. in the playoffs? Second, okay. All right. So uh, so let's talk about the um, trucks out up there in Canada, because that's always an entertaining race, especially you know when a couple guys get in a fist fight at the end. Although we didn't have that level of drama this week, we did have a good race. It was a good race. Brett Moffitt absolutely dominated the weekend. Uh, he was fastest in practice, qualifying on the pole, led 44 of the 64 laps on his way to victory. Uh, no one could touch him. Alex Tagliani got his best finish in the truck series, second in the Kyle Busch Motorsports 51. Uh, his two teammates, Harrison Burton and Todd Gillen, both had engine troubles. Uh Although I do want to knock uh, the Fox telecast, they, uh, for whatever reason, left a battle between five of the uh, playoff drivers on the final lap to follow Brett Moffat around the entire track, who had a, let's see, five and a half second lead at the time, and missed Stuart Friesen running out of gas, one of the playoff drivers, uh, as well as an off-track uh, excursion for Tyler Ankrum, one of the playoff drivers. Ouch, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's hard to, to, for these TV guys to know where to put a camera to, but if you got a guy five seconds ahead with nothing going on and a battle in, in the mid-pack, put the camera had, on. Put the camera on that. You had five playoff drivers uh, all under a blanket, essentially. That's how close they were together, uh, you could see when they were following Moffitt down the uh, Mario Andretti straightaway. You could see Austin Hill, Johnny Sawyer, Stuart Friesen, and Ross Chastain all come go into and out of turn five together, and they didn't switch to him. What are you gonna do, Seth? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and fill out. <laughs> fill, fill out I'm gonna go ahead and fill out your application for uh, for Fox Sports and put it in with my recommendation. Say hey, hire this guy. So now, uh, Gray, Gray, or Rich, you guys get a chance to watch any of these road course races from the, um, the NASCAR Junior Series this week? Uh, I watched. I watched some of the Xfinity. Yeah, yeah. Also the Xfinity race. It was good racing. Um, you know, I mean, Matt DiBenedetto. I mean, goodness me, and the you know, he, any team manager worth the salt is going to turn around and tell him he's fired now, aren't they? Because he seems to perform. Pretty damn well when he's under the uh, under scrutiny there, didn't they? That was uh, was very impressive by him again. Now let's talk about Matt for a second, because here's a guy who's lost his ride for next year in the Cup Series. I mean, are, are is there anybody um, interested in him? Because you got to figure the guy is putting together some really good results, and it'd be a shame for him to be on the outside looking in. Um, are there any hot prospects for him? Unfortunately, right now, it doesn't look like it. Uh, Go Fast Racing, his old home, 
for all intents and purposes, from what looks like, is entering into an alliance with Stuart Haas Racing that would bounce Corey LaJoy from that car. The only car that currently is competitive in any way, shape, or form that has an opening is at Front Row Motorsports, where David Reagan is retiring, and they apparently are talking to Corey. Uh, I know there's at least one or two Xfinity teams that are expressing interest in uh, Matt DiBandetto. Uh He was actually asked about even going down to run for Gibbs full-time next year. And he said that Gibbs is already filled up for next year, although they haven't announced who's going to be in some of their cars, especially for Xfinity and that the KBM trucks are already filled next year. Poor guy, man. Here's a guy that could drive well and can't get a break. But, I mean, we see this in in many forms of racing where you got uh, a guy who's just good. He just doesn't either have the backers, the sponsors, or he just doesn't have the connections. Uh, but at the same time, here's a guy who's putting together – Decent results week after week after week, and you gotta you gotta wonder. Uh, I mean, do, do you want a flash in the pan guy who's gonna you know win one week and be last the next, or uh, the, here's a guy who's consistently consistently deliver delivering decent results? Unfortunately, it's very much sponsor driven. Uh, oh yeah, example, sure it is. Yeah. For example. Uh, the driver I was talking about in the Xfinity series, Loris Hazemans, who comes from NASCAR Euro, uh, he got his ride as a result of one of his friends from ARCA way back when. And his sponsors were a bunch of basically his Dutch fan clubs that helped pay for the travel expenses for him to get there. I mean, it is what it is. The teams need the money, right, Gray? Yeah, it's it's this. Unfortunately, that's the way it's the sports driven today, and we see that not you know we see that all across all forms of motorsports. You know, you got to bring money to the table to be able to to uh, to get the ride. Sometimes talent is uh, is not enough, and uh, and it's kind of a trend that, that that we've been in you know for 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 a good while, and. Uh, I think someone will pick him up. I mean, uh, you know, someone's going to get injured along the way. You hate to say that, hate to see it, but he'll step in, uh, step in somewhere. He'll get his shot. It's just going to, uh, it's kind of late in the year to be negotiating for, for rides for next year. A lot of that stuff's already in the works and, 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 and headed toward, you know, those deals are headed toward, uh, signings and things like that this time of year. So, yeah. Uh, he'll get his shot. He'll do some fill-in duty. It's, it, it's up to him. He just has got to, you know, step in and perform each each opportunity he gets. Yeah, that, that's the best thing he put on his resume. So, so Seth, are, are there any guys in the Cup Series who may be on the chopping block for next year? Anybody who's in danger of um, saying, okay, your services are no longer needed? Or or is, is everything pretty you – know, I, I mean, the silly season in uh, – Cup has been pretty quiet this well, year compared to the, past years. The only one that has spoken publicly is Daniel Hemrick. He said that his situation is iffy for next year. That was at Bristol. Um, 
I there are reasons for that that I can't about here. But otherwise, there are not many drivers that are on any sort of chopping block, at least publicly. Uh, there are some that, if you look at the results, if you look at where the team has been versus where they are this year, you can kind of figure out maybe uh, people... Well, I mean, there's whispers already about Jimmy Johnson, uh, but... There's been whispers about him possibly stepping away for the past three years. Uh, then you have someone like Daniel Suarez that all of his teammates are, for the most part, are running very, very well. And he's had good moments and he's had not so good moments. So you really have to almost like pick and choose looking through the running order to see who should be safe and who is in trouble. Okay, and speaking of guys that are in trouble, let's tackle this Tyler Dibble story, okay? Okay. So, I, Seth, I'm just going to let you tell it start to, you know, beginning to end, because uh, this guy has been in and out of trouble, and I think at the end of the day, he's not as bad a guy as he was initially made out to be, but I'm just going to let you, you know, navigate the minefield. Well, it goes back to March of this year, uh, Martinsville, Virginia. Uh, he was pulled over for reckless driving. Uh, he pled that down to improper driving. Uh, I believe that's just probation. Uh, was the only incident until he decided to go after Ben Rhodes post-race at Eldora while on the cooldown lap, so that was his second strike. Uh, then this past weekend, driving in his hometown in, I think it's Overkill, New York, or it's it's in New York, uh, he was pulled over by the state police for going in excess of 80 miles per hour in a 65 mile per hour zone. Uh, he and his passenger were asked if they had been taking any drugs, which they both denied. He was asked if the troopers could search his vehicle, which because he didn't believe he had anything, he gave them consent. They found a book bag in the trunk with a pill bottle for Adderall that was not prescribed to him and not prescribed to the passenger. Therefore, they had to charge him with possession, which he notified NASCAR and his team, as soon as he could, it ended up being a couple hours later because he had to go down to the station, do a drug test, etc. And because of that, NASCAR uh, had to penalize him for essentially violating the code of conduct. Uh, turns out his one of his friends whose book back it was and whose prescription it was has claimed the bag, so the charges have been dropped, although they still have yet to be officially dropped in court. So until they're dropped in court, he is still on NASCAR suspension. Right, but he's not in the, he's not being forced to the road to recovery because his the he drug test, passed, he, he, took, he took another voluntary drug test and pretty and much he he, he's clean. One, he's, yeah, clean. He, yeah, he so. passed... He passed the random one at Bristol, which was the week prior. Uh, 
He passed the one at the police station, and then he took one when he got back to North Carolina, and he passed that one. Okay, so, so he actually passed three drug tests. Yeah, so we can assume he's not using. Or, well, we we can you know we can do better than assume. We can be be you know fairly confident he's not using. And but he, but now I want to I want to back up to uh, the, the the New York. He um, is, the initial report said he was transporting stuff over the Canadian border. That was is that is that just a misnomer that's not true or he was on the way to the border to go up to the track in Bowmanville, Ontario. So it's more it was taken out of context because he didn't know he had it. So he can't exactly be transporting it the way it was described he was transporting it. Yeah, because the, the initial reports that came out sounded like, you know, oh, my God, here, here's a guy smuggling drugs over the border. And it turns out it's nothing like that. Not at all. And he did actually plead guilty uh, for the traffic violation, uh, which it's New York Traffic Law 1128A. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire law. Essentially, improper driving. And instead of it being a speeding penalty, it's a, well, a speeding ticket, I should say. It's essentially a uh, lane change violation that he's being uh, essentially charged with now. Okay, so, I mean, so he's a race car driver and he drives fast in the interstate change lanes. I mean, like, uh, you know... Uh, yeah. uh, Richard Gray said, how many, how many times do you go 85 miles an hour on the interstate when it's speed limit 65? Plenty, plenty. So I, I, I think never that, that, uh, never did that. Never did that. Uh, okay, well, yeah. Uh, you British people do nothing wrong. <laughs> so, so, um, so Dipple is not reinstated yet. Not but, yet. But, but do we feel that that is forthcoming? Honestly, it is more likely forthcoming. It's just a matter of time. Uh, this reminds me a lot of Kurt Busch in 2015 when he was initially charged with uh, domestic violence against his then-girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, uh, Patricia Driscoll. And he was uh, – the charges were dropped, but he had to – and it was proven that he didn't do it uh, or – didn't do exactly what she described anyway, but uh, he had to wait and NASCAR had to wait until charges were dropped three weeks later for him to be reinstated. Right. They had to, they had to make sure the legal process ran its Correct. course. And I understand that. So, well, I mean, hopefully Dibble can get back in a car and his reputation isn't too awful well, tarnished for, um, for the truck series. Their next race is until Las Vegas and that's in two weeks. So, depending on how fast New York law moves, uh, he might be reinstated in time for the race. Otherwise, Young's Motorsports might have another driver in the truck. Uh, up in Canada, they uh, elected to put DJ Kennington in the truck. Okay. Well, we'll just have to see how that all plays out for him. So, now, where where's the Cup Series off to next? Darlington. Darlington. Now, Gray? That's your favorite track on the schedule, and I don't know. know I, and I know you'll be there. 
you'll be there in your retro gear. So, uh, Greg, give us a quick preview of Darlington and what we might expect to see. we got a couple of guys right on the bubble hoping to maybe maybe sneak a win and get in there. So, uh, um, you know, with the new package and uh, your tires and everything, um, what kind of race might we expect to see at Darlington this week? Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see the typical typical Darlington there, where tires will be. Tires will mean a lot. Tire degradation is the name of the game there at uh, at uh, Darlington. Man- being able to manage your tires, uh, you've, the fall off is so significant because of the uh, the tire wear is 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 pretty accelerated at that track simply because of old the old sandy rough surface that the the guys run on. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, and I think, too, Darlington is a track where the veterans will come come to the forefront uh, a lot of places. Uh, in, a, in a lot of races, that's what you'll see. You don't – really, I don't know. Uh, there's a few surprises over the years at Darlington, but most of the time uh, you'll see guys like uh, Truex will be strong, Harvick will be strong there, Denny Hamlin be strong, Kyle Busch. Uh, and the race will be kind of a sort of has has sort of an ebb and flow. You'll see guys get out front, and then the the field they'll kind of accordion back to the rest of the field. You'll see guys uh, uh, work on their cars throughout the night, and some sometimes guys that don't run well at the at the beginning of the race will emerge at the halfway point and run strong uh, the rest of the way. Um, it's tough to pick, you know, one guy. There, uh, I do think uh, you know uh, Truex has has been really strong there the last uh, last several years. I think he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll be tough uh, to beat there. Uh, Kyle Busch, again, Harvick usually runs good there. That four car uh, uh, seems to seems to come good. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's always a good show. Uh, good, like we talked about earlier, the the fans really show up for that race. It'll be a good crowd there. Hopefully, uh, you know, there's uh, some storms brewing out in the Atlantic, and uh, hopefully they'll stay away and let us get uh, let us get that race in. I think, and Seth can back me up on this, but I think the Southern 500 has never been rained out. Uh, it's had some rain delays and been rain shortened a time or two during its long run, but. Uh, uh, I don't ever remember uh, a full rainout and having to come back another day for the Southern 500. But uh, this will be my 50th, 50th consecutive uh, I, Southern right, 500. And, and, and Gray, who are you picking? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Truex. I think he'll uh, he'll be tough to beat there. Outstanding pick. Now, Seth, to you. Well. I'm going to go with Joey Logano, and if you haven't seen his uh, throwback unveiling, uh, his wife wears the fire suit in the family, if you get the reference. Uh, yep. He's throwing back to Kevin Harvick's uh, Daytona 500 winning car, and he very famously said after an altercation at Pocono with Harvick that Kevin's wife, Delena, wears the fire suit in the family. Oh, that's funny. I did, I did not see that, but that is hilarious. So, all right. So, Joey Logano for you, Richard. What are your thoughts on Darlington? Who would you Who would you like to see oh, win, or who are you going to pick? Who are we going to pick for Darlington? Chase Elliott. Okay, and I'm going to go with uh, Brad Keselowski. He's won at Darlington in the last decade, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and he's running another uh, Rusty Wallace era 
Miller Genuine Draft um, livery, that, that those cars were absolutely beautiful. The black and gold Miller Genuine Draft cars, that just that's going to look phenomenal on the track. So, uh, so off to Darlington now, Richard. Formula One is gearing up to get going again, and there are a lot of rumors. There are. Uh, a lot of rumors surrounding oh young Mr. Ocon. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I've seen rumors putting him in in every car on the grid <laughs> from from the Mercedes to the Renault to to the Haas. So uh, um, tell me what you know. So the the biggest um, clue that something's going on is there was a French um, auto magazine uh, published a front page of stating that Ocon is uh, going to be replacing Nico Hülkenberg at Renault. And then Hülkenberg retweeted the uh, uh, photograph with the caption, we're going, to be in, we're going to be in for an interesting Thursday or something along those uh, those lines. So, um, yeah, who, who, who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, have they decided to keep Valtteri on and, and load him out? Now, I believe that if... Ocon does go to Renault, then he will sever the ties with the Mercedes stable. Um, and, and that's something that Toto Wolff in the past has said. He said that, you know, Esteban's future is, is more important than Mercedes keeping a stable of drivers. I wonder if that's a bit of a dig at Red Bull there. But, um, yeah, you, you could see him go there and move away. And obviously, if, if a team like Mercedes came calling, it's unless Red Bull, or sorry, unless Renault are, are being extremely competitive, it would be a no-brainer for him to jump ship and go to back to Mercedes. Um, or they may be looking at some of the other drivers in their stables. You know, I know that um, so some of the stuff that, um, you know, some of the other young Mercedes drivers have been doing has been uh, very impressive. So, you know, there may be you know, Mercedes sort of spreading them spreading them out and, uh, and seeing what happens, really. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of speculation here. And, and one of the, the one posts I saw... Uh, that, uh, yeah, Danny Ricardo is going to have a new teammate next year. So I, I guess, you know, whether that's Esteban Ocon or no, uh, you know, or what's going to happen next Thursday or this coming Thursday. Tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, after after we tape our show and it airs after the announcement. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, uh, so, uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of the smart money is putting Hulkenberg in the Haas car. Um, and um, Grosjean looking for work. Um, are you hearing anything on that front? Or it makes sense. I don't think there's anything. You know, I don't think there's anything. You know, if that all played out, I don't think anybody would be too surprised, would they? Um, so yeah, I think we go. I think I'd, I'd go with that. You know, makes sense. I think Haas needs to change something up, um, both technically and within the driver lineup. Not that either of the drivers have done a particularly bad job. I don't think. Um, but they're just not quite getting there, are they? I don't think they're just not quite getting the job done. Anybody else that we consider safe that that might be a surprise or, you know? Hmm. So, so who do we think is at risk? We think, obviously, I, I would say Kubrick is at risk. Kubrick is uh-huh. definitely at risk, yeah. We think both Haas drivers are at risk. Both Haas um, drivers are potentially at risk. Uh, I think I think both Perez and Stroll have long-term contracts there. I think that who knows what's going on in the Red Bull merry-go-round of drivers. Uh, obviously, Verstappen's safe. 
and it does leave the other seat open. Um, I, will you see Gasly drop back into a Toro Rosso for next year? I don't know who. You see, they, they ditched Tickton off their young driver list, and I think it'd be too soon for um, uh, the guy that was doing some of the... Uh, you know, I mean, the guy who was doing some of the IndyCar races now over in Super Formula. Um, um, yeah, Pato Award. Yeah, Pato Award, yeah. It's too soon for him to step up to Toro Rosso. So, uh, you know, you, you wonder, is Gasly going to be relegated back to Toro Rosso for next season? And who is his teammate be? Would it be Kvyat or Albon? I think if Kvyat doesn't get promoted to Red Bull full-time again... Um, you have to question keeping him at Toro Rosso for another year. Obviously, the reason they brought him back into Toro Rosso was to see if he could cut it with Red Bull again. So to to, to put Albon in the Red Bull, that's basically basically Albon's got a six month job interview, and he's going up against what they know in Kvyat. Kvyat's a known quantity, and they can compare the two. So I, I think on the Ferrari side, both guys are safe. Mercedes side, obviously Bottas is unsafe, but who knows what's happening there? Um, yeah, there's a few changes. I think Mercedes. I know McLaren both drivers are signed in for next year. I think they've both done a fantastic job. Um, so there's a few little movements, but I don't think there's going to be anything. I expect that Kubica, if he's replaced, he can be replaced with Latifi, uh, the current. I think he's still the points leader in the. Formula 2 Championship, who's put on the Williams sort of young driver plan or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, nothing major going on, I don't think. No, the, I don't think there's going to be any surprises like there was with uh, Ricciardo last year. Okay, good stuff. So, we're, what are we racing now? We're racing this coming weekend? This weekend, we gotta... it's Spa-Francorchamps, yeah. Uh, okay, that's, again, that's one of my favorite racetracks. Oh. So, who who do you like for Spa? Leclerc. And, Gray, who do you like for Spa? Oh, let's see here. Um, gosh, uh, coming out of the coming out of the break, I'm going to say uh, Hamilton. All right, good stuff. Yes, and Seth, what do you think? Uh, for Spa, let's see if Vettel can get out of his funk. All right, so that leaves me Verstappen, um, and of course, Spa is always subject to questionable weather you know and sometimes it rains on half the track and not the other half and so it can produce an exciting race and so we'll just have to see how all that works out but uh we've got about five minutes left guys um so are are there any uh, topics out there dang that we haven't touched on that anybody wants to speak about uh matt borland uh the crew chief for ty dillon was suspended for violating the substance abuse uh policy and what did what substance did they did they say what substance it was? Uh, I heard it was the, diet diet coffee, right? Which is that's crazy. what he blamed. Um, it is some sort of uh, supplement uh, that has an amphetamine in it. Uh, it's the same substance that uh, Bailey Curry was suspended for at Bristol. Uh, Justin Alexander will serve as interim crew chief for Ty Dillon uh, this weekend. So let me ask you this, okay? So this is, again, something that's coming off of a supplement, right? And and you and I both know that there are all these little shops everywhere, 
you know, homeopathic health or this or new health what, where they sell these supplements. Is this just a matter of guys not doing their research to realize that this whatever is in this supplement is actually a prohibited substance under their, you know, under their employer, you know, their, their employer's rules? I would say that's more than likely correct. It, it's either that or they just don't realize it's on the banned substance list. That's what I was saying, yeah. So, uh, you know, because you, you, uh, you, you get these guys to give you a say. You go to the gym and somebody give you a sales pitch. Oh, yeah, try this, and it's 100% natural, and it's, it's homeopathic, and it's this. But at the same time, these things are not regulated by the FDA either, so you don't always know what you're getting in that so uh, uh it seems to me like your, your smart bet would be to say no let me just uh get some aspirin because i know that's good also uh this just came across uh social media uh tyler dipple has officially been reinstated you heard okay. it first folks breaking news breaking news yep well as we suspected so two days ago <laughs> 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 All right, so Gray, Gray, any parting words for the night? No, um, not not really. Um, just hope to see a good race at Darlington this weekend and and enjoy it. Uh, number fifty. Hopefully, get to start another another streak. Make it. You get to it. You get away with the green flag then, or something, Gray? Huh? Do you yeah, get away with the green flag? They must be doing something for you. Yeah, they need to, they, they need to make me the grand marshal, I guess. Maybe 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 next year. <laughs> I, w- I would vote for that, yeah. So, Gray, hope you have the best time in the world at uh, at Darlington. Yeah, looking, um, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, Seth, Richard, thank you so much tonight, uh, and Gray, uh, great show tonight. I want to thank. Uh, Hoobazoo Radio Network, I want to thank iHeartRadio, Speaker, and I want to thank all you folks that listen to us week in and week out. This is Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santoroski. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.